Our dear loving Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us the privilege of life which we know we do not deserve by any means. And therefore, we thank you even more. We pray, Father, that as we go through your word, that you will grant to us understanding. It is only through your Holy Spirit that your words can make an entering in into our minds and transform us. So grant us graciously of your spirit and grant us understanding. Grant me utterance as I speak, that I may speak blessings to your children. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him. February 18. When man cooperates. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Thus, the world's Redeemer illustrates the work of the Holy Spirit upon the human heart. The living agent, by an act of faith of his own, places himself in the hands of the Lord for him to work in him his good pleasure in his time. There must be a continual exercise of faith to be in Christ and keep in Christ, abiding by faith in him. This is a training process, a constant discipline of the mind and heart, that Christ shall work his great work in human hearts. Self, the old natural self, dies, and Christ's will is our will, his way is our way, and the human agent becomes with heart, mind and intellect an instrument in the hands of God to work no more wickedness but the righteousness of Christ. In the divine arrangement, God does nothing without the cooperation of man. He compels no man's will. That must be given to the Lord completely, else the Lord is not able to accomplish his divine work that he would do through the human agency. Jesus declared that in a certain place, he could not do many mighty works among the people because of their unbelief. He wanted to do for them in that place just what he knew that they needed to have done, but he could not because unbelief barred the way. The potter cannot mold and fashion unto honor that which has never been placed in his hands. The Christian life is one of daily surrender, submission, and continual overcoming, gaining fresh victories every day. This is the growing up into Christ, fashioning the life into the divine model. Devotion, piety, and sanctification of the entire man come through Jesus Christ our righteousness. The love of God needs to be constantly cultivated. Oh, how my heart cries out to the living God for the mind of Jesus Christ. I want to lose sight of self. Amen.
The title of our devotion for today is When Man Cooperates. The main purpose of this whole devotion titled That I May Know Him is that we may know God. That is why it is titled thus. But knowing God is a tool to becoming sons of God. So, in other words, the end or the purpose of knowing God is to become sons of God. This was what we studied in our previous devotion. We saw that to become the sons of God, we must receive the word. And when we receive the word, we receive power to become the sons of God. And the agency through which this power comes is the Holy Ghost. This devotion for today is to explain how sons of God remain sons of God or grow up to the fullness of what it means to be a son of God. There is a work for all of us to do. God says to all his sons in Philippians 2 verse 12 and 13, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, remember, obedience is the key to receiving the Holy Ghost. We will see that in our devotion to come. As you have always obeyed, not as in my presence, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. What does this mean as we have been looking at the concept of becoming sons of God? There is nothing like once saved, always saved. Once a son of God, always a son of God. No. Also, there is nothing like stagnation in being sons of God. Children grow. They don't remain one way. When you become a son of God, when you are born again, you are not born an adult. You are born a baby. So being sons of God is not something God merely declares upon us and then we are just, we are just from the day we become sons of God, we are in the fullness of what it means to be a son of God. No. It is something that God works out in us. As sons of God, we are passing through the process of redemption. It's a training process. That's what we read. Yesterday we saw Desire of Ages, page 330, paragraph 2. Redemption is that, take note of that word, process. A process doesn't happen instantly. Redemption is that process by which the soul is trained. Training. A training is not something that happens instantly. It takes time. Process and trained, those two words, tells us that when we are sons of God, there is no stagnation. We must continually be transformed. Because when a raw material is going through a chemical process that will take it to become a finished good, it must pass through various processes. You may first of all take the raw material, first process, washing, second process, grinding, third process, then you mix it with one chemical or the other, and another process takes place. Maybe you take out the water, another one may come, you may say you want to dry it after drying, then you may say, okay, we want to do this or that. It's all, there are various stages. So also with the becoming the son of God, there is a process we, we must pass through. The reading says, it is the process by which the soul is trained for heaven. This training, so what is the training that we pass through? A knowledge of God, which you don't have instantly. You must grow. This training means a knowledge of Christ. So, to break down what a knowledge of Christ means, the reading continues and says, it means freedom, emancipation from ideas, 
habits and practices that have been gained in the school of the prince of darkness, the soul must be delivered from all that is opposed to loyalty to God. End of quote. And in today's devotion that I may know him, page 55, paragraph 3, it says, This is a training process, a constant discipline of the mind and heart, that Christ shall work his great work in human hearts. Self, the old natural self, dies, and Christ's will is our will, his way is our way, and the human agent becomes with heart, mind, and intellect an instrument in the hands of God to walk no more wickedness but the righteousness of Christ. End of quote. In order for this process to yield fruit, we have a work to do. We are not like the raw material that is dead, as in it doesn't have life. It just submits for the producer to do whatever to it and it has nothing to do. In the case of becoming sons of God, while we die to self, yet we live in Christ, we have a work to do. We must begin with the word. That's what we saw. We must cooperate with God. We must work while God works. While we work out our salvation, he will work in us. He works in and we work out. We begin with the word as we saw in yesterday's devotion. Remember that it's the word that gives birth to us. As we receive the word, we receive the spirit of God. First Peter 1 verse 22 and 23 says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Amen. So we are born again by the word. But this is not what makes us disciples indeed. Jesus says in John 8 verse 31, then said Jesus to those which believed, those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. So unless we continue as we started, how do we start? First Peter 1 verse 23, we are born again by the word. So how do we continue? We are to continue in the word. Then we are disciples indeed. So unless we continue as we started in God's word, we are not sons of God and disciples. The work of overcoming is our work in cooperation with God. This is why we are told to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Reading Youth Instructor, August 18, 1886, paragraph 2, it says, But there is something for you to do in seeking the Lord with an earnest purpose of heart and forsaking your sins. For Jesus will not save you if you continue to transgress the law. You must, through faith in Christ, overcome sin. Through the strength Jesus gives you, you must day by day be engaged in washing the garments of your character and making them white in the blood of the Lamb. How thankful we should be to God that we do not have to make these efforts in our own finite strength. Jesus brings us divine help to aid our human efforts. Amen. End of quote. So you see there, the focus of our devotion for today is cooperation with God showing that there is a work for us to do. It is not that we have to do all the work ourselves, but we need to thank God that while we are doing our own work, which is to continue in the word of God, God will send divine strength that helps us and aids our human efforts. Becoming and remaining sons of God requires faith and works. We have a work to do. 
God does not propose to do everything for us. He has given us faculties of our mind that if developed can be used to develop a perfect character the way Jesus did. Jesus had a work to do. He was wise to discern evil and strong to resist it. He prayed with strong crying and tears. He resisted sin unto blood. He learned obedience through the things he suffered. Those things were the works Jesus did and received divine help. And we saw in our devotion today that I may know him, page 55, paragraph 4. In the divine arrangement, God does nothing without the cooperation of man. He compels no man's will. That must be given to the Lord completely. Else the Lord is not able to accomplish his divine work that he would do through the human agency. Jesus declared that in a certain place he could not do any mighty works among the people because of their unbelief. He wanted to do for them in that place just what he knew that they needed to have done. But he could not because unbelief barred the way. The porter cannot mold and fashion unto honor that which has never been placed in his hands. What does that tell you? If God must walk in you, you must place yourself in his hands. The Christian life is one of daily surrender, submission, and continual overcoming, gaining fresh victories every day, not just yesterday, every day. This is the growing up into Christ, fashioning the life into the divine model, end of quote. Why do you need to grow up? It is because from the day you became a son of God, you were a baby. You were a baby. So, a son of God must grow. And the only way you can grow is by placing yourselves in the hand of your parent, the everlasting Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Only when you place yourself in his hands can he feed you with milk. And after feeding you with milk, later you can take strong meat. But all the while, as you are receiving what he is giving, you are growing. And what does it mean to receive? It means we are receiving the word. This is the path that those who are sons of God must pass through. There is a work of purification to do. We must be free and emancipated from our ideas and habits and practices that we have learned in the school of Satan. Old habits must die. Self must die. John said in the book of John, 1 John 3 from verse 1, talking about being sons of God, he said this. From verse 1 to 6, hear this, he said, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Now hear the progression of what John says, if you are a son of God, the things you will do. Here it says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. But it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, what is the end of being the Son of God? We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now there is a work to do. Take note, verse 3. My focus is verse 3. Remember he's saying, you are a son of God. Verse 3, he now says there is a work to do if you are a son of God. Verse 3. And every man that hath this hope. What is the hope? The hope of being like him. Every man that hath this hope in him purified himself even as he is pure whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law so what does he mean by purifying himself the next verse explains to purify yourself means to turn away from sin to be free from sin that's why verse 4 now says whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law for sin is transgression of the law and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him is no sin whosoever abideth in him 
sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Amen. So once more, we are being told we are to cooperate with God. And our cooperation here is in 1 John 3 verse 3. That we have a work to do in purifying ourselves even as he is pure. So does that mean that we have the ability to purify ourselves, that we can do everything for ourselves? Of course not. We are to walk with God and the divine power will strengthen us. It is not enough to say, I am a son of God and then that's all. There is a process because we cannot continue in sin. The son of God realizes that he has to purify himself because he wants to be like Jesus. He realizes that if Christ is in him, the purpose of Christ's coming, 1 John 3 verse 5, is to take away our sins. And in him there was no sin. So how can I say I'm a son of God and there's sin in my life? 1 John 3 verse 6, Whosoever abideth in him, sinneth not. And then chapter verse 8 says that whosoever committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. And for this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And verse 9 then gives that potent word. It says, Whosoever is born of God, that is to be born again, to be the Son of God, whosoever is a Son of God, doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he is born of God, and he cannot sin. That is the experience that we are looking forward to as we become babies in the, in the kingdom of the Lord. In placing ourselves in his arms, we are to grow into the fullness of what it means to be a son of God. To explain this further, I'm reading from Youth Instructor, February 15, 1894, paragraph 1 and paragraph 4. It says, A mere profession of godliness is worthless. It is he that abideth in Christ that is a Christian. For every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. In every clime, in every nation, our youth should cooperate with God. The only way a person can be pure is to become like-minded with God. How can we know God? By studying his word. And this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Now paragraph 4 says, when you truly repent of sin, you will not be satisfied to acknowledge simply that you are sinful and let the matter rest there. Do you intend to remain sinful while life shall last? Hear these heart-searching questions. Do you intend to remain sinful while life shall last? Do you mean to violate your conscience? Do you mean to do evil always? What does the Lord say to those who have had light and yet have failed to live in accordance with it. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. There is a repentance of sin that needeth not to be repented of, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. And paragraph 5 says, does this text mean that the human agent can remove one stain of sin from his soul? No. Then what does it mean to purify himself? It means to look upon the Lord's great moral standard of righteousness, the holy law of God, and see that he is a sinner in the light of that law. And then it says, Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. 
and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him is no sin. It is true faith in Jesus Christ that the truth is accepted in the heart and the human agent is purified and cleansed. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Is it possible to be healed while knowingly committing sin? No. It is genuine faith that says, I know that I have committed sin, but that Jesus has pardoned my sin, and hereafter, I will resist temptation in and through his might. Every man that hath this hope in him, abiding in him, purifieth himself even as he is pure. He has an abiding principle in the soul that enables him to overcome temptation. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. God has power. Brothers and sisters, believe it. God has power to keep the soul who is in Christ when that soul is under temptation. Whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither known him. That is, everyone who is a true believer is sanctified through the truth in life and character little children let no man deceive you he that doeth that is not professed to do but he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous whosoever is born of god does not commit sin because he is born of god in this the children of god are manifest and the children of the devil now mark where the distinction is made whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of god neither is he that loveth not his brother my little children let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. End of quote. In this reading is an exposition on the text of First John chapter 3 from verse 1 down to verse 10. And God is telling us that we have a work to do to cooperate with him. That is just what we should know today. It is not a once I'm a son of God, I'm always a son of God. Some people like to say, I was born again in so and so day, as if that means that there was no growth for them. That since then, they can never come out of being born again. You can't be born again and yet, eventually, you fall away. Because Jesus says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Then are you sons of God indeed. But if you, at some time, yes, you were born again, you received the gift of the Holy Ghost. The word of God being received transformed your life. But if as a sheep you go astray, stop listening to the word of God, you take yourself out of his arms, you lose your adoption into the family of God. God encourages us that we can overcome. We can. Isaiah 27 verse 5 says, Or let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me and he shall make peace with me. Ezekiel 37 verse 26 and 27 says, Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Amen. But we have a work to do. To cooperate with God. Obedience is our work. We make our choices. The, the Spirit of God draws us, it woos us, 
like we read in today's devotion, the, the, it's through the agency of the Holy Spirit that God works in us. But our focus for today is us working out our salvation. We will look at what it means for God to work in us later. But today, we are looking at what it means for us to work out our own salvation. There must be actions that we do to place ourselves in the right direction unless the divine power cannot help us. Our power alone cannot purify us. But our the power of God alone too will not do that without our cooperation. The two of us must work together. While we walk out, God works in. But we are sure that God, God's working in will not fail. The problem is us working out our salvation. The problem is us cooperating with God. If we cooperate, the victory is sure. To explain the work that we need to do, I'm reading now from Ministry of Healing, page 452, paragraph 1, and downward down to page, 400, page 452 and 453. It explains to us the work that we must do to cooperate with God. It says, Wrongs cannot be righted, nor reformations. Do you remember that word reformation? That is what the sons of God must pass through, a training process. But how can this be done? It cannot be righted, no reformation in conduct can be made by a few feeble intermittent efforts. Character building is the work not of a day nor of a year but of a lifetime. Do you see that? Your growth as a child, how long does it take place? When you are born as a baby, it's a lifetime. You grow forever. And that's how it is. Even physically, intellectually, spiritually, we keep growing. So that is what he's saying here. Character building is not a day's job. It's not a year's job. It's a lifetime work for you to be a son of God. The struggle for conquest over self. Remember, self must die. The struggle for conquest over self. For holiness, remember, that holy thing which you are. The struggle to be that holy thing and to be in heaven is a lifelong struggle. Without continual effort and constant activity, there can be no advancement in the divine life, no attainment of the, of the victor's crown. The strongest evidence of man's fall from a higher state is the fact that it costs so much to return. The way of return can be gained only by hard fighting, inch by inch, hour by hour. In one moment, by a hasty, unguarded act, we may place ourselves in the power of evil, but it requires more than a moment to break the fetters and attain to a holier life. Some of us, we have been living, we have been living in the chains of evil for a long time. How long do you think it will take for you to really be a son of God in its fullness? It's not going to be a day's job. You may have placed yourself in the power of evil in a moment, or even not just a moment, for years you've been in the power of evil. How do you think then it's going to be something that is just a day's job to break the fetters? No. It says, but it requires more than a moment to break the fetters and attain to a holier life. The purpose may be formed, the work begun, but its accomplishment will require toil, time, perseverance, patience and sacrifice. Let me pause here to encourage us. Just a moment of placing yourself in evil requires a long time for you to break off. Then, then how long will it then take for you to break off when you have not just been in a moment in evil, but you have lived years in evil? Some of us get discouraged that we are not what we are supposed to be. I've been praying to the Lord to change and I'm not what I'm supposed to be. Don't give up. What were you expecting? You pl we have been in the school of Satan for many years. 
only one moment that you place yourself under the power of evil requires more than a moment to break off then how much more when you have been placed in the power of evil not for a moment not for for a few minutes not for just a few hours not for just a few days but for years you have been under the power of evil under bad habits under false ideas for years if it takes more than a moment to overcome how much more when you have been there for years don't give up and don't be disappointed keep pressing on it's a lifelong struggle if you see that you've been in many years, you have not overcome like you expect to. You look back at your life. Sometimes you even say, when I started, I'm even, I was even better than what I am today. Sometimes it's like that. You are drawing nearer to God because the more you come close to God, the more you see of your sinfulness. Don't give up. Even when you look back and you see and say, the day I became a son of God, the first time I accepted him, my life was even purer than what I am today. Yes, it will look that way to you. Why? Because the nearer you come to Christ, the more of your sinfulness you see. But then it may also be true that you have backslidden. Get up. You have placed yourself in the power of evil in the moment. Get up and cooperate with God. It will take effort, not a feeble effort, not intermittent effort here and there, but a lifelong struggle continual effort constant activity let me continue the reading it says we cannot allow ourselves to act from impulse we cannot be off guard for a moment beset with temptations without number we must resist firmly or be conquered should we come to the close of our life with our work undone it will be an eternal loss the life of the apostle paul was a was a constant conflict with self he said i die daily 1 Corinthians 15 verse 31. His will, this is what Paul passed through and this is what we must pass through. He says, his will and his desires every day conflicted with duty and the will of God. Who does not relate with that? Who cannot relate with that? You wake up this morning, your first desire is to go and check something on YouTube. That's your will and your desire. To watch one thing that is not good. Or, the first thing that comes to your mind is something that is not godly. That is what Paul was experiencing every day. His will and his desire was conflicting with duty and the will of God. It happens to all of us. But how did he overcome? It says, instead of following inclination, he did God's will, however crucifying to his nature. Amen. This is our work. This is the cooperation with God. It is not just by his strength. It is when you say, I will not do this i will resist and you say let me do my morning devotion instead of going to youtube then divine power comes to help you you must first make that choice when you make the choice power comes because even when you have made the choice you do not have the power but when you choose because that's what we are doing every day we are choosing when you choose god's will the temptation comes every morning every day follow your inclination follow the will of god Follow your own self or follow the, the voice of duty, which is the voice of God. And then you have a struggle. Which one do I do? Do I do my inclination? That moment in your mind, that's where it starts. In your mind, you choose and say, Lord, help me. I will do right. As you start to do right, power comes. But remember, it's not that easy. You must continue. And then after some time, the temptation will go. That inclination to follow what self is doing, the desires of your flesh, will eventually die down. This is what Paul meant when he says, I die daily. He was cooperating with God. 
at the close of his life, continuing the reading, he says, at the close of his life of conflict, looking back over its struggles and triumphs, he could say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. 2 Timothy 4, verse 7 and 8. The Christian life is a battle and a march. In this warfare, there is no release. The effort must be continuous and persevering. It is by unceasing endeavor that we maintain the victory over the temptations of Satan. I can put this another way. Another way, it says, it is by unceasing endeavor that we remain sons of God. Christian integrity must be sought with resistless energy and maintained with a resolute fixedness of purpose. No one, hear this now, no one will be born upward without stern, persevering effort in his own behalf. All must engage in this warfare for themselves. No one else can fight our battles. Individually, we are responsible for the issues of the struggle. Though Noah, Job, and Daniel were in the land, they could deliver neither son nor daughter by their righteousness. End of quote. Brothers and sisters, meditate on these words. This is the work that we have to do. When we cooperate with God, he works out in us the perfection of our characters. But we must cooperate with him. We must realize that there is a battle we must fight. There is a warfare to engage in. And that warfare should not be engaged in spasmodically, intermittently, and just by our own will with few feeble efforts. The effort must be continuous. It must be persistent. We must persevere. If you just stop for a moment, you fall back. You must continue to move forward. Engaging in this warfare for yourself, I cannot fight for you and I know you cannot fight for me. We all must work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And when we allow God to work out in us by choosing his will and his way, we will have the Son of God abiding in us and we will abide in him. And whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. May this be our experience. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for the provision that you have made for us to, to work out our salvation. Dear Lord in heaven, please help us. If there's, if there's anything like helping us to help ourselves, please, Lord, do it for us. Make us willing to be willing to do your will. Because that's how weak we are. Our inclinations and our desires usually bears full sway over us but we must be sons of god as we have learned purifying ourselves lord teach us what it means and give us power to resist the inclinations and desires of the flesh but that we may cooperate with you that through divine power we may purify ourselves and remain sons of god in jesus name i've prayed amen This message was brought to you by the Angel with a Strong Voice, a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for His imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.tawas.org. That is www.tawasv.org or contact info at tawas.org.
Thank you.